Welcome to Work and the Future, a podcast about tomorrow, with your host, Linda Nazareth. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us today. You know, we've talked a lot about technology on this podcast, but I think over the last six months or so, it's become really clear that this is an issue that is going to impact our organizations and our work lives really quickly. The headlines have been all about AI and chat GPT, but you don't even have to be an expert in any of that to see that something is happening and the speed of change perhaps is not what we thought about. And when I say we, I don't mean just individuals, but I mean organizations as well, that there's a need for a lot of change and a lot of understanding of the new technologies that are happening and what they mean for how we get the work done. So what kind of a plan does an organization need to keep up with those changes? And if we're going to have to retrain people, which we obviously are, who's going to need the retraining? Well, to talk about all of that, I'm joined on this episode by David Morgenstern. Now, he's the president of Accenture Canada, and he's some really well-articulated thoughts about all of this. He thinks that training needs to be throughout an organization, including in the C-suite, if we're going to get this right. And he also has some thoughts about talent um, recruitment and retention and what we're going to need if we're going to move forward as organizations, as countries, how we're going to face the future and succeed against all of the changes that are coming upon us, which are going to be challenging for sure. So I had a really great conversation with David. Please stay with us to hear it. Well, how can organizations get ready for the tech-driven future? To talk about that, I'm joined by David Morgenstern. He's president of Accenture Canada. David, thank you so much for doing this. My great pleasure, Linda. Looking forward to the conversation. Well, there's a lot to talk about when we're talking about tech and the skills that we need for workers and C-suite and everything else. But I would like to start by asking people about their own careers. Uh, it's, a, it's a work podcast. How did you end up in this field doing what you're doing? Sure. I've spent many of my years in, in the supply chain industry, uh, generally as an advisor, then over time in technology firms that, uh, that advised in supply chain. And when in supply chain, where we're looking at goods and services moving around the world and, and real-time manufacturing, real-time forecasting, it's a great area where we see the role of technology and over 20, 30 years, how that technology both has developed and advanced and been adopted in, in organizations. So if I if I go back to the beginning of the career, my career, you know, a lot of that work was done on, on spreadsheets and Excel and and paper-based systems. And then over time, um, that was that was became digital. Uh, in in my role today and all 750,000 of us uh, at Accenture, we really play exactly in that intersection between between business and technology where it's become so pervasive, uh, the role of technology in any enterprise, either private sector or public sector. And so I, I look back at my career arc and it's, it's, it's a lot of the similar themes around what's the right technology for the right business process? Uh, what's the right skill, uh, both to develop that technology and adopt that technology? And how are enterprises differentiating by the use of technology? So I've been, been fortunate to be in an industry that uh, is always evolving 
and uh, and and very dynamic. And certainly, I'm sure we'll talk about some of the upcoming trends. Will continue to be dynamic as well. Well, it's uh, good that you have that skill set, David, because right now there's a lot of challenges. You have a specific vantage point as president of Accenture. So when you look at the next few years, maybe the next five years, what do you think are the biggest issues that are facing businesses and organizations that they need to be ready for? Well, if we take a Canadian lens, Linda, there's, there's, there's probably, I'd say, a, a twin challenge. Um, it's there, There's no shortage of, of headlines and research around Canada's productivity uh, challenge, our growing competitiveness gap with our... With, with the G8, with the OECD, uh, an innovation gap that we see through lower R&D and, and investments um, uh, in, 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 in corporate Canada. I think that should concern us all as we certainly want to be in, in a productive, competitive country, which with the standards of living that that generates. That, that's one. Related to that, and we could talk about how these link, is, uh, is, is the need for the right skills in our economy, particularly an economy that is only becoming more digitized uh, throughout the economy, whether we're talking about um, provision of, of, of services, think of government services or banking services, or whether we're talking about latest um, automations in the manufacturing environment or in the energy transition. The whole series of new skills and capabilities are going to be needed uh, for our economy to continue to evolve and to be to be most productive. So I think we've got a got a, a, a challenge here in Canada to continue to be at the forefront, um, keeping up with our peers, and think about what do we need in, in our workforce to be able to do so. All right, let's focus on the skills part of this because there's a lot of of things we need. Obviously, uh, we need this labor force, and this is you mentioned Canada, but it, honestly, it's a global issue, right? We need the right skills in place. Who should do this training? Because it can't just be colleges and universities, and we're done at twenty-two. Uh, some of it's got to be on the, the on the individual. But in terms of organizations, how much do you think they should and could be doing? Yeah, I think on 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 your point around where where does the responsibility lie? You're you're absolutely right. It's it's shared. There there's a there's a role for government and for industrial policy. There's a role for for any institution from community college from high schools to community colleges on up. And there's definitely a role uh, for the enterprise. And I use the word enterprise because I I, I want to keep our I want to think about our public sector organizations as well that that have a significant impact and and our major employers as well in Canada. Um, where that responsibility equally lies with them as it would with a, a bank, a, a retailer, a, a telco as well. So let's focus on on these on these enterprises. Uh, Accenture is a, a an organization that ourselves has realized over our evolution that we need to continue to update and reskill ourselves, and the methodologies that we took to ourselves when we, in the last 10 years, as technology trends such as data and AI, such as cloud, such as cybersecurity became not just nice-to-haves, but absolute must-haves, we ourselves had to look at our workforce and think very carefully about, do we do we have those skills? Okay, let's talk about, well, all of this. I know Accenture has done work on reinventors. Tell me about that. Sure. When, when we look at uh, enterprises and certainly corporate performance, we, we could we could think through organizations that uh, that are excelling uh, vis-a-vis their peers. 
And we look at to why, what, what, what has allowed them, particularly in the post-pandemic world, to, to take a step up and to, to have you know, 5x growth their, their, their peers in, in many cases. And we trace that back to, to those that have, have taken the investments around what we call total enterprise reinvention. And, and those reinventors um, who are seeing an outsized out uh, shareholder return, um, have invested heavily, really, in this in this this, this the twin of skill, um, upskilling, and, and skilling through their out their organization, both top down and bottom up, uh, and also the right investments into what we call their digital core, which is very much around modernizing their technology infrastructures, uh, being uh, adopters uh, to cloud technologies, understanding the importance of data foundations in their organizations, understanding the importance and the use cases of applied intelligence, um, and doing all this in a in a secure and cyber secure in, in environment, which is obviously critical um, more and more in, in today's, uh, today's you know, high threat uh, global economy. On the skills side, there, there are a bunch of strategies um, uh, to, to, to think of this. One is, and I like to think of organizations having a, a, a joint responsibility, top down and bottoms up. So we think around a top down. This starts with the board mm -hmm. and, and a board. There's some, you know, I, I would say some concerning data again for, around regarding Canadian boards regarding their lack of technology skills at the board level. Um, and a board that's not able to offer management uh, offer advice and, and, and governance and guidance to management around the role, the adoption, the pace, and the responsible use of, of technology is, is a concern. So I, I, I would start the skills conversation top down as much as I would bottom up, which is our, our, our boards and the C-suites of organizations. They themselves have the right uh, technology savviness, the technology um, curiosity, the technology intelligence. I'm not advocating that a, a board member knows how to necessarily code, um, but I'm certainly ab advocating that a board member or or any of the, the the executive suite in an enterprise understands the power of technology, has some fluency around data, around the the importance of of security, cybersecurity, IT security, and such. That sets the foundation, that sets um, a tone, and certainly our research um, shows that, that organizations with this type of data, digital fluency, if I could use that term, digital fluency is really an enabler of transformation and, and growth. Uh, Accenture has created a model that we call TQ. So we think of IQ, we know what that is. We think of EQ, we know what that is, and, and think of technology quotient. And this has been a program as Accenture ourselves went through our skill reinvention. Our, our CEO at the time was, was very uh, methodical about how do we get all of us, all 750,000 of us, whether you come from a technical background or not, to think like a technologist. And that, again, doesn't mean go out and, and code or, or write a, a machine learning algorithm. Uh, but we created a curriculum for our own organization and our, certainly our own leadership where we track how we are doing against our, our own TQ scores and have an ambition around TQ scores around what we believe are core competencies in a digital, uh, a digital world, such as 
um, and these are these are simply as as learning modules available uh, throughout our organization around these type of topics like machine learning, like cloud, like cybersecurity, like foundations of, of, of data and so on. Um, this is technology for an executive, if you will, not technology for a technologist. It's interesting, and I won't even ask you to answer this. I'm wondering what the willingness will be when boards are told you need to up your TQ, uh, whether there's even going to be an openness to this. And I'm also wondering, you know, is this, I'll let you let you comment on this one, is this a product of age? Is it, you know, that there's a different generation on boards right now and it will change? Or is it just the technology is moving so quickly? No, you're, 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 well, I, I think, I think demographics will probably, will, will, will help in, in this, in this conversation. Certainly I look around, uh, I look around our, our Accenture, uh, demographics and, and certainly our, our new hires and so on. And, you know, this is a very digitally, uh, digitally fluent, digitally native, um, you know, cohort. And that's, that's, I think that's natural and that's only going to work its way through, through, through management environment. I do think there are some interventions and specifically as management teams are crafted and boards are crafted um, a specific look at the skill matrix around, around uh, being able to have these technology conversations, certainly for the next decade or so until I think the demographics uh, do, do catch up, but you're right about, about the pace of of, of technology. It it is. um, And the pervasiveness I go back to our, our opening discussion around my career. Technology around supply chain only really needed to be known by a handful of people in an organization. Um, I would argue there's not a an executive in any enterprise, again, government or or or, or private sector, um, that does not or should not know about the power of of data and, and how to harness data and how to use analytics um, in an organization and what that could do to to help power the next generation of growth for their employees and, and for their for their for their stakeholders. So I think the 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 role of technology is touching every function in an organization. And certainly um, C-suites are rightly kept awake at night thinking there is a competitor out there who is not burdened by old technology, not burdened by perhaps I'd even say old thinking around the adoption of technology and wants to come after market share. And these, what you know, we, we would you use the word startup or digitally native organizations, but you see this in banking, um, you see this in e-commerce, um, you name it, you see it across the industries um, where, uh, where nimble, agile competitors are out there. Interestingly, AI um, is is opening an opportunity for organizations uh, to 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 leapfrog uh, what could have been so older organizations leapfrog what could be some nimbler um, uh, challenger organizations that are coming to to steal the market share. Well, I was going to ask you about AI because you know your conclusions, most conclusions were before you know, the last six months and the changes we've seen. So you think that we're going to see Defined winners and losers over the next few years. Yeah, a- a- AI, and, and let's 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 step back a little bit. We think about AI. Obviously, generative AI is is catching the headlines in the last six months, as it as it should be. And I'll come back to what that means from a from a skills and talent perspective. But when I think of broader AI, the 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 use of predictive analytics, uh, machine learnings to to better guide an, an organization on on outcomes, or better guide a researcher on 
on higher volumes of, of research and be able to get to to conclusions and and, and answers faster. AI has been um, been being adopted certainly by enterprises. Um, I would argue a little less aggressively in Canada than certainly in some of our global global peers. Um, but it's it is giving an, it is giving an opportunity for organizations, and I think again this is where a lot of uh, top down board um, uh, guidance is going to be helpful, not just the bottom up uh, capability that may sit within a within a, an IT organization or, or an analytics organization in an organization, but where are those use cases for the industry? How do we um, identify how to scale those across various functions? And what type of foundations do we need in an organization uh, to be able to take advantage of AI? These are these are these are very topical questions right now. Um, and as AI begins to scale more more across various functions of the enterprise, what's the skill set we we need in an organization to to continue to to, to harness that? Um, as Gen AI has taken more headlines, and Accenture's research shows. About forty percent of all working hours uh, will be supported or augmented by by language based AI. Uh, that's a significant impact, certainly. And if, if you think of the service sector, um, um, where the and that doesn't mean role displacement. To be clear, we we have a, a framework where we look at the tasks that make up any given job. So you think of a customer care representative, for instance, and, and the, the role of a customer care representative may be broken down into you know, 12, um, 12 tasks, for instance. Our research looks at, as you adopt AI, are those other jobs going away? No. Are some of those tasks going to be altered? Absolutely. Um, some of those tasks will, write, will disappear completely. Some of those tasks will um, not be touched at all. Some of those tasks will be enhanced, if you will, through a co-pilot kind of where it's a human and machine. But interestingly, there are going to be new tasks that are needed to be a customer care representative in an AI-enabled model around managing and using and, and training um, the, the, the AI capability itself. So we're, we're excited about what will the, the, the enterprise impacts will be at the at the task level, let alone the broader adoption for, for corporate strategy. So talent has been an issue in Canada, but in the US, really around the world for years now, the search for talent, the right talent. How do you think that will change the next few years? Harder, easier, different? Sure. The it, it it's not the right talent is is um is a challenge certainly we have a demographic challenge um that that and and, and you know, robust economies you know even with the, the the various various predictions of recession and low low uh low unemployment rates and so there's going to be you know a continuous sort of need for for talent but what's the right talent and i think the question is can enterprises reskill and reinvent their talent from within so if this this is this is the ultimate question. We believe yes, and certainly the programs that that we have applied to ourselves, the programs that we work with our clients to help at scale. Um, when I say at scale, I'm talking in the in the thousands to tens of thousands to look at specific skills within an organization and come up with a methodol met, a methodology to enhance and change so that um, skill A could become skill B. Um, within 12 months. And 
and what's the role of technology itself to help actually within within that reskilling. So Accenture has done that with ourselves. I mentioned TQ, our TQ program, just as a piece of that, but certainly it sets some of some of the framework. Um, we we invest about a billion dollars a year in skill skill development and redevelopment ourselves because our 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 world is is continually changing, and so we need to always identify the skills that are going um, that we'll see less demand in, and do our best to to reskill those individuals uh, into the skills that we see most demand in. Likewise, though, in the economy, uh, that same methodology can and is being um, uh, put uh, implemented more broadly. So we think, for in, for instance, in apprentice programs that we're involved in, where we're taking roles and individuals that that may have been displaced as their skills have become less relevant um, going through an apprenticeship program where with the same impact and where we are now and so in north america our, our ambition and we just reached our ambition last year to have 20 percent of our entry-level roles in north america have come from individuals who themselves have gone through a reskilling program as well so we're saying we're not just relying on the educational institutions to go and generate and create that talent for us. We're going to, through apprenticeship programs, be able to impact um, um, how that talent could, could be reskilled. Here in Canada, um, we're proud of our relationship with Empower, um, and we just welcomed our hundredth hire from Empower, which is which is a, a skilling and reskilling program, particularly for for disadvantaged youth in in um, in, in, in Canada. And so, these programs can happen within the community. They could happen uh, more broadly in the economy. Certainly within any within any enterprise. But it really takes a some forward looking on what are those skills of the future going to be needed, and then generate the right program to to match that demand. Pretty exciting times. Challenging, but exciting. David, thank no, you so much for talking to me today. It's been my pleasure, Linda. David Morgenstern is president of Accenture Canada. Well, that's it for today. If you'd like to know more about David and about Accenture, please take a look at our show notes. You'll find some links there. If you'd like to connect with me, I'm on Twitter at, at @relentlesseco. Now, if you did like this podcast about the future of work, please take a moment and leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. That'll really help people to find us. It will help us to keep these conversations going. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks as always to Stokely Audio for audio production. To learn more about work and the future, and to see show notes, go to the workandthefuturepodcast.com. You can also contact us at comments at theworkandthefuturepodcast.com. The Work and the Future Podcast with Linda Nazareth is a relentless economics production.